Welcome to the sermon podcast of Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are glad that you are here. At Christ Church, we believe that God is alive in Holy Scripture, inspiring, challenging, and guiding us today. As we journey through the Bible together, we bring our hopes, our pain, our questions, and our doubts, trusting Jesus to meet us here full of grace. Christ Lutheran Church is a special place of healing. May the word of God bless you today. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew in the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. So then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. Then the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, then command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then... The devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, if you are the son of God, then throw yourself down, for it is written that he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all of the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to Jesus, all of these I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And then the devil left him. And suddenly, angels came and waited on him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. So this summer, we've been feasting on the fruit of the Spirit. We've been eating mindfully, taking each fruit and noticing what what it looks like, how it tastes, what it makes us feel, how it affects us. We've been taking each fruit, one by one, these nine fruits, and and considering it, examining it, asking, what does this do for our lives? What does this do for our lives together? And today we conclude our summer series on the fruit of the Spirit, but I hope that you will continue to return to these fruits. In fact, I want to give you a challenge. Anybody up for a challenge? All right. Memorize this Verse, these fruits are two verses Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Commit it to memory, write it on your hearts. It should not be hard. We've read it together for eight weeks. 
in a row now. You probably have it better than you think. Because this is a gift from God. And if you can hold this in your heart, if you can recall these fruits of the Spirit when you need them, then they will help us in our lives as followers of Jesus' way. So let's do a little, a little test right now. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. What are the fruits of the Spirit? There are nine of them. I'll give you the first one. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Wonderful. You got, you got them. You got them. It could help every morning to wake up and just remember that you have those on a platter to feast on throughout the day. The Spirit has given them to you. If you could wake up every morning and say, God, thank you that I know right now I have the power for love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and faithfulness and generosity and gentleness and self-control. I know that I can practice those in my life today because you've given me those fruits. And then imagine what you will accomplish in that day. Write them on your heart. The last two of these qualities that are listed in in Paul's list are gentleness and self-control. And Paul says about these that there are no laws against these things, these fruit of the Spirit. There is no law that says you can't practice love. There is no law against joy. There is no law against being kind. No one should be able to stand in your way to say you can't practice patience today. It's against the law. There's no law against love. And so just remember that if someone ever leads you to believe there might be a law against some kind of love, there is no law against love. There is no law against the fruit of the Spirit. But there are many laws about everything else that we must navigate. Many things that claim some control over our lives, our jobs, our relationships, or responsibilities. There are many things, many laws that that claim some control over us. Lots of things that might try and take control of you, your feelings, your emotions. And so I wonder, what has some kind of control over you today? What has just some kind of control over you, your feelings, your actions, some, some part of your life? What has some control over you today? I can imagine that there, there is somebody here or who, who might be listening to the podcast whose body does not work the way they want it to, the way they need it to. There are things that that you may want your body to be able to do, but your body seems to have the control. And I can imagine that there is somebody listening today who wishes that they had more free time. But maybe there's some responsibility you have. Maybe it's a caretaking responsibility that has control of your time. And I can guess that there's somebody who may be dreaming about taking a trip or even just some days off of work 
or maybe moving to a, a different house, but you don't have complete control of your finances. Money has some control. And it's hard to admit this, but I know that there are folks who feel like you don't always have control of your own mind. Ever feel like your own thoughts are out of your control? Negative thoughts just seem to, to creep in. Those questions of doubt Jesus heard in the wilderness. If, if you are the son of God, hmm, if, I wonder, do you ever have a question of doubt, uncertainty, negative thoughts that, that creep in that seem out of your control? If you, if you ever just can't find the energy to even get out of bed, those thoughts are so heavy. Maybe you hear about the fruit of the Spirit and you think, gee, it would be nice, wouldn't it, to have a little bit more joy in my life? Wouldn't it be nice to have more peace and patience, to feel like I could be kinder? Wouldn't it be nice? But it all feels a little bit out of your control. Well, I want you to know, first off, you are not alone in feeling those things. Even though we can wake up every morning and feast on the platter of fruit of the Spirit, still... We can have these feelings. In fact, there's a great deal that we can experience that feels beyond our control. I want you to know you're not alone feeling like your life or your body, your mind, or your time is not entirely your own. In fact, a lot of life is right outside of our control. For example, on Sunday mornings, this morning was a bit of a fluke, but most Sunday mornings I get up very early before my kids are awake so that I can begin to prepare myself for church. I make a cup of coffee, I sit down with my sermon, I, I practice it, I rework it, sometimes I rewrite it entirely, and then I work on the prayers for the day. And I think about the children's time. What do I want to bring up for the kids? I, I'm preparing myself for this moment from, from very early. And then I like if I have a little bit of time to look at the calendar for Sunday and what, what lays ahead in the course of the week so I can prepare myself for this time together. And I try and get my, my sermon and my prayers all printed out bef before, uh, beforehand. And then, and then I can begin to, to get get dressed for church. But inevitably, the kids, they're not here, so I can talk about them before they get in. The, the kids are inevitably up a little bit too early. And they are then in the room where I'm working. And I take time to greet them and, and to, to maybe put a show on for them. And, and, and then I move to the kitchen counter where I can get back to my work, but then they're finished with their show and they're ready for, for breakfast. So I, I get some things started for them and, and I then move to the other room and begin to continue in preparing myself so I can have the most amount of control as possible by the time we're in church, but then they're done with breakfast and they're ready to play. And, and fortunately, then their, their mother is often up, and, and so she's able to, 
to corral them, and I head upstairs into the room, and I, I, I get back into my preparations, but then, they're, then they are there in the room, ready to get dressed and to play, and, and so without fail, the peaceful, quiet time that I thought I had control of is, is taken up with this joyful stuff of the morning, and that lack of control of the day, I guarantee you, you know, it carries forward into church. We don't know what, what's the temperature going to be in the church. Are the fans going to work? Are there lights that are going to be out? Uh, what surprise is waiting for me when I get here? As much as I can control, most things are beyond it. So what can I control? I can control that which the Holy Spirit has given me as a gift to control, and that is my self. Myself. I have self-control, control of the self. I could be stressed when my beloveds interrupt my preparation, but through the generosity of God, God can make me mindful and strengthen my control. I cannot control what time my children will wake up, but I can control my reactions and how it makes me feel. I can choose to be joyful in that moment, to see them and to, to share that joy with them rather than begin to stress up about what that's going to prevent me from doing, what I, what I feel like I need to be doing. God has given me the power of self-control so I can choose to give them a feeling of warmth and find another way to accomplish my goals for the morning. Now, sometimes that is harder than other times, but it is always something God has given me to control myself. I can always take control of my emotions, how they make me feel in those kinds of moments. Before Paul listed out the fruit of the Spirit, self-control was an important idea in his time. The Stoic philosophers of Paul's day considered self-control to be one of four chief virtues. Seneca and Epictetus and Marcus Aurelius, they all write about self-control, which they define as restraint of the appetites. When we talked about the cookies with the kids, that, that's what they think about, the ability to have a sense of restraint. Before the Stoics, though, in, in ancient Greek literature, self-control was a great virtue. It appears in Homer's Iliad and the Odyssey. Odysseus avoids being turned into an animal by the goddess Circe by using this, he's given this magical herb that gives him the power of self-control, to control his urges. It comes to him as a magical herb. And so, as Paul saw self-control as a gift from God, Others in the ancient world also saw that self-control was so important and it helped us against such great temptations that surely this gift must be from God. It's too, it's too hard for us to always be able to generate the self-control we need on our own, by our own sheer will. Sometimes we're just too weak. But God it gives us this gift. It's, it can be 
almost supernatural, superhuman, the ability to practice self-control. After Jesus was baptized and before he began his ministry, I wonder if he had some other plans for how he celebrated his baptism and began his earthly ministry. When we have a baptism, often we'll have a little party, a little reception to to celebrate the baptism. What what happens to Jesus after his baptism? Well, uh, he may have thought he would maybe take a little spiritual retreat Spend some time in, in prayer. Maybe, maybe do what I got to do with some colleagues this week and, and think about the year ahead and, and plan out some sermons. Maybe he thought he would prepare himself for what uh, he was going to be doing. But if that was his plan, the time was quickly out of his control. Instead, as soon as he emerged from the waters of the Jordan, the Holy Spirit took control and led him into the wilderness We are confronted, we ourselves are confronted by our lack of control in the wilderness, aren't we? When we find ourselves in a wilderness, we find out exactly how much we do not have control of. Like, I wonder if anyone here has ever experienced the wilderness of some illness and and fell out of control. And I wonder if anyone here has ever been in the wilderness of an addiction or or had some bad habits that, that actually had control of your life. And I wonder if anyone has ever been in the wilderness of a, of a breakup and, and felt out of control of what was once a meaningful relationship. Wildernesses are places where we come face to face with how little we can control except ourselves. In the wilderness, the devil comes and tempts Jesus with some of the greatest challenges. At first, it may seem like the devil had complete control of Jesus. He comes to Jesus at his weakest when he was famished after 40 days of fasting. The devil tempts Jesus to show his power by turning stone into bread. But even in his hunger, Jesus had control of his appetites. He had self-control. Friends, if there is some appetite that is controlling you, you do have the power to overcome it. Don't give up. The Holy Spirit is with you. Then the devil took Jesus to the top of the temple. And Jesus didn't choose to go to the top of the temple. But he did choose to resist the devil's temptation to test the faithfulness of God. He had self-control. Then the devil takes Jesus to a very high mountain where he can see all of the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And the devil lies to him and says to him, I can give you all of this power and glory if you worship me. And sometimes people try and take control that they don't deserve. They try and tell us that that they have some control that that they can't really have over us unless we, we give it to them. Jesus knew the truth. That our glory comes from God and God alone, and nobody can take God's glory away from us. Jesus practiced self-control rather than giving in to the temptation of a cheap path to success or comfort or glory. Jesus faced great temptations, but he had the fruit of the Spirit with him all the time. And while he didn't seem to have to be in control of the situations the devil put him in, he did 
always have control of his self, his soul. The spirit never left him. But in time, you know who did leave him? The devil. It was only for a time, this test, this trial, this suffering. It it only lasted for a time. In time, the devil left him, and Jesus still had control of his self, who he was, who he knew himself to be, a child of God, God's beloved, with a ministry, a life, a purpose laying ahead of him. In time, the the devil left him, but the spirit never did, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. Suddenly angels came and waited on him. We may not control the situations that we face in life, but we do control how we face them by the power of the spirit. And in time, all of those struggles will pass, and God will remain and bring us through, and we will experience the healing touch of the angels. Now, you may have noticed that we haven't touched on gentleness yet. Because I want to wrap things up by saying that, that gentleness is maybe the most understated of the fruit of the Spirit because gentleness is what God gives us to give to ourselves. Sure, it is good for the community that Christians are gentle and not hostile to each other and to to, to people outside of the community. It's good that we practice gentleness, but we are more often, I think, in need of being gentle with ourselves. The fruit of gentleness means that when we make mistakes, when we fail at living into or enjoying these fruits of the Spirit, when we lose self-control, when we are unkind, when we, that, that we don't then beat ourselves up for our mistakes, but we remember that God is gracious and forgiving and abounding in steadfast love, that grace abounds. We learn from our mistakes and we move forward. We must be gentle with ourselves as we are with others. So, beloved, Paul wants Christians to know that while the life in this life we will face many challenges and struggles, God has given us gifts to face whatever lies ahead. The fruit of the Spirit is for us. And as we grow in the fruit of the Spirit, so does our ability to give witness to the kingdom of God. And so, feast freely on God's abundant fruit and walk in the way of Jesus filled with the Spirit. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. You have been listening to the sermon podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are honored you joined us. If you're in Harrisburg, we welcome you to join us for worship on Sundays at 1030. To find out more about our church as well as the free health services we offer, visit our website, ChristHarrisburg.org. Our theme music is by Lucian Kemper. I hope today's sermon blessed you and you'll join us again. Until then... 
May God be with you.